conversation, quick and witty comments and replies. Welcome to another episode of Repartee. This morning, my guest is Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hello, Susan. (laughs) And um, we have our drinks ready. Mine is actually still nice and hot. And what have you got going on? What are you drinking? I've got my Earl Grey tea, which is one of my favorites. But I do have to say I like green tea. You are a green tea drinker. Yes. Yes. But I'm so happy that you're an Earl Grey drinker. You're my partner in that because so many people do not like their Earl Grey. And this is, as my listeners know, this is my Fortnum & Mason, Mm -hmm. my favorite tea, which two days ago I spilt most of the can on the floor, which went into the garbage, didn't go back into the tea. (laughs) So we're not having recycled tea today. (laughs) We're not having recycled tea. And um, yeah, I'm going to have to order some more, but it is hard to come by, so it is precious to me. Um, But your green tea, how do you like that? Just straight green tea. Straight green tea, or I'll make, if I'm really fancy, which I'll do a, a mm. matcha green tea latte. Oh, okay. Is that like with the brush and the powder? I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, I have the powder. I have a, a little mini frother. Mm. So I'll put my matcha green tea in, fill it half with boiling water, froth it, and then add just to top it off with milk. And just you don't, warm yeah, milk. you don't do the sweetener. I don't do any sweetener. I, I oh. do have some sweetener at home. Which, if I make myself a London Fog, which I love too, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. with the Earl Grey tea, mm-hmm. I will add just a little bit of syrup, like vanilla syrup or something, but just a touch. Yeah. I stopped drinking that. I forgot about it because I love London Fogs. Yeah. They're really good. I mean, I'll, I'll have a matcha, a matcha latte at Starbucks, and I know that's cheating because it's so sweet when they do what it. Do I do. I, like, if I order a Starbucks one, it's totally unsweetened. Oh, you have to no ask fault. for it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. my, my Starbucks order is a grande matcha green tea latte, unsweetened, extra hot, no foam. Oh, no foam. Yeah. Extra because, hot. Yeah, unsweetened and non-fat usually just because of the amount of milk that they put in. But, but you're usually, you're using regular milk, right? Or Yeah, I use oh. 2% because it, it yeah. froths nicer. It gives a nice and, yeah. froth. Yeah. And yeah, because I've seen you heat up your tea throughout the day. <laughs> yes, many times. Sometimes it sits in the microwave as well. And then, yeah, good. Like I do my forty-five seconds, but I don't. I don't usually like when it's like reheated. But yeah, yeah, with the matcha. And does that okay? So the thing about matcha, that it's still caffeinated. A lot of people think green tea's un a decaffeinated. Highly caffeinated. Yeah, and so what did I read about that? I don't know too much about it, but isn't the caffeine sort of meted out all day long or something into your system, green tea? I think so, as far as I know. I, yeah. I just always, like I used to drink coffee all the time and about, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, I just mm-hmm. said, you know what, I'm not going to drink coffee anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just switched right over to green tea. And that was just your basic green tea, like mm-hmm. green teas and mm-hmm. stuff. And now I've sort of upgraded to mm-hmm. nicer quality green teas and... And I do like my matcha powder that I keep on hand. Mm. So I don't always add milk to it. I will just do it. And a lot of people look at it and say, oh, that's like drinking swamp water. It's like grass. And it is, there is an odd taste, but I just sometimes just say, this is good for you. This is good for you. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. You know what? You should go to Japan and do their tea ceremony there. Because I would love to do that. It's so amazing. <laughs> I Yes, I will come. I will book it okay. and we can go. I didn't even realize that the tea ceremony in Japan is only green tea. I, don't, I was kind of a noob mm-hmm. about it. But I did it there and it was so fascinating doing the whole... 
I mean, there's people that study this for so long and every movement that she made is intentional. She'll, she'll move the cup like a, a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right and turn a certain way. And it's, it's such a oh, spiritual. so interesting. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. almost like a, yeah, it's a totally meditative. Actually, you know what? I can't do it now because my knee, you have to be kneeling the whole time. <laughs> Oh, okay. you're like sitting so, on your knees. You have to prepare I, yourself. Yeah, I was kind of being taken out of the moment because my knees. I was thinking, oh my God, I can't kneel anymore. How is she doing it? Like, yeah, it was crazy, but so beautiful. And I took photos through the whole thing, which was great. So I had that memory. Anyway, sorry, back to the podcast. Okay, so Brenda, do you remember um, when we met or how we met? I actually do. Oh, let's was, see if it's my okay. your same memory as me. I it was that. Uh, our our children went to the same school mm -hmm. and we were both volunteering and I remember meeting you in mm -hmm. the school office I think it was by the photocopier machine oh, yeah. or something I'm not 100% sure but I remember and I would always do I think Wednesdays or something and you would be in there on occasion the same day or yeah. whatever I, yeah. did you volunteer for your children's teacher or did you volunteer just for the school you know what I think I volunteered in the same classroom as you with the same teacher the year before you because my son was a year ahead mm -hmm. right of your daughter and then I think I did it the second year so I ended up volunteering in that classroom when my kids weren't even in it just because I really liked that teacher right she was amazing um, yeah and I remember there were a lot of us that used to mm -hmm. hang out not hang out we were doing work in the photocopy right. room when yeah. I think about the trees we must have like oh. <laughs> killed like the photocopying, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sometimes it would spit out and it'd keep running or yeah. it'd get jammed and then you're trying to get the paper out. Oh. I actually didn't mind that job because there was that downtime to chat with other moms. Mm -hmm. But I remember, I mean, and I do remember you from those times, but I do remember specifically when that teacher would give us the job. I think every week it was a different student that you celebrated, right? Or it was mm -hmm. their week. Oh, yes. And so you had to do the outline of the child's body on um, piece of art paper. I hated when she gave me that job because it was too artsy for me. And you mm. always did a much better job. So sometimes I would say, no, Brenda can do that. That would be good for Brenda. I like doing that. Yeah. You were so I good at that. I color. Yeah. And so you did their outline. They would yeah. lie on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I guess you... they could pose if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah. Most of the time they would pose. I remember that. Now that, yeah, I've completely forgot about that but oh. yeah and I remember and then you would work through their picture with them of course you wouldn't do it but you would help them mm -hmm. you know try to get their hair color right or their vision uh, of themselves yes. on it. did right? they have some of their favorite things I can't remember on I the outline remember. like holding I think I still probably have my kids because they both had that teacher Alexandra's I probably had that yeah yeah, I hated doing that <laughs> so yeah, I completely like, forgot about that yes but I remember that now I remember even better the teacher because you were more artistic at that. That was mm. cool. That was kind of a cool week when it was your kids' mm -hmm. week. It was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And I remember they would get to pick a special guest to come into the school that week to visit. And everybody, this is what I remember. I can't remember with my younger son, but everyone tended to pick their mother. And the mother ended up showing up. And my son picks his aunt. <laughs> and I was so offended. Okay, you don't want me? They're like, no. He was like, no, I want my auntie. So she came all the way from Toronto, and she did that. And I think she brought her bus, and it was like a, a big deal. And, yeah, he just thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. 
Did your did your dad go for? Was it? No. I, I, I Alex probably. I feel like yeah. Would have probably wanted her papa. Yeah. I think I did it, but uh, you know, papa yeah. was all about. Yeah. Her, so he would have probably done it, but I don't remember. I think yeah. it was ended up being me. Whether he just didn't want to go in front of the classroom, yeah, and do it. Yeah, that would be a little bit. I remember Papa too, not the way, um, obviously Alex and her friends would have. But I remember we both had our kids in skating lessons, and I remember seeing him there, taking her to her skating. He would drive all the way out. <laughs> take her every Amazing. week to her skating lessons. Yeah. yeah, I just remember thinking, wow, because we did not have, not that your dad was in town, wasn't local, but, and we didn't have family close by either. And I remember thinking, wow, how lucky is she to have her papa here? Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, my dad wouldn't do that probably. I didn't really ask him, actually. But they didn't come out too often to see my uh, kids, my parents. But yeah, nice, nice memory for her, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. She has a lot of fond memories of Papa. Yeah. Yeah. And that skating, well, my kids hated it. <laughs> they never end up being big skaters. No. We didn't do that for long. Not that for was not enjoyable. I didn't want to do it anymore. I remember my son, I used to take forever putting those skates on, throwing them onto the ice, and then he would just spend the whole class skating over to the door so he could escape. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going really well. And then I realized, okay. Um, hockey is not going to be in our, you know, plans because yeah. my kids did all kinds of activities, yeah. but yeah, hockey was not one of them. Yeah. Anyway, all those years, can you believe the things we did with our kids? Gosh. And yeah, your daughter was into doing horse. 20 years ago. Yeah. And yeah, all the dog training and yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and now, now they're older, and now we get to focus on ourselves, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily be about our kids. So mm-hmm. what is a typical day like for you, would you say? I mean, not that there's a typical day, but what, what's your routine? What do you, are you uh, retired? Semi-retired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Made the decision I was going to retire. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my first year of retirement. However, it's a big I decision. Started, it's a big decision, and mm-hmm. I started to panic. Mm-hmm. Over the winter months, I was like, okay, I don't know if I can fully do this. So I semi-retired and I plan to do a lot of traveling mm-hmm. and just doing stuff, getting in my own routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an early riser, so I like to go out for a nice walk or hike and I'm trying not to be a fair-weathered walker mm-hmm. anymore now that we don't have our dog. Um, yeah, and that's that a good was, excuse to get out, right? To yeah. walk. Oh, yeah. I, you couldn't say no. Yeah. That was what they waited for every day and mm-hmm. didn't matter if it was raining or snowing or whatever. So I'm going to get back into that. So I'm really trying to get physically in shape. Mm-hmm. And what kind of a walk are you talking? Like me, a 15 minute walk? <laughs> no, no. I'm talking probably, I try to do eight to 10 K. Oh my God. So Okay. And I'm, right now I'm doing it about three times a week. I'd like to get up to do it every day if possible, wow. give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Two times a week, I'm going to try to do uh, probably about an 8K, sort of 4K will be uphill, so more oh, cardio walk. wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I, can, I find it easy to just walk, and mm-hmm. I mean, where we live, it's nice, too, mm-hmm. because there's, there's lots trails. of trails and mm-hmm. different things, so 
And are you walking on your own? You don't have a dog, so are you? Yeah, sometimes I do walk mm-hmm. on my own, but um, I've met up with a few people in my neighborhood, and some of them oh, are retired, nice. or and they'll call and say, hey, I'm going to this location. Do you want to join in? Mm-hmm. And uh, But I like to do my walk early in the day because I don't like to break it up. They'll go in the afternoon sometimes, and it just doesn't work for me. I like to do that in the morning, and that Get starts my day off, and I feel yeah. good. Yeah, taking in all that brush yeah. air. So it is not even weather pending? No matter what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow, you're a superstar then. Yeah. Because if I look outside and it's below 10 degrees oh. Celsius, yeah. no. Yeah. No, it's, uh, even if it's raining, like unless wow. it's torrential downpours or something like that. But no, if it's raining. Mm-hmm. Some, some of us will say, oh, I'm not going today because of that. But mm-hmm. I try to because it's so easy to, to bail. Yeah, it And is. I find walking with somebody helps because... You. Yeah, if you're one chatting. says yes, then the other, and then they, it's like, oh, I don't oh. feel like going, but yeah, I keeps you accountable. Yes, you know, say meet at eight at the corner of, and then we go. Mm-hmm. So, which is nice because then you're getting to know your neighbor. Yeah, and you're chatting along the way, so maybe it doesn't feel. Yeah, and it's people, you know, outside of your usual circle of friends. So you hear these fabulous stories about, mm. you know what they did or where they what went to school to. and what they're mm-hmm. up to and how they're enjoying maybe their retirement or this part of their life. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's nice to hear different mm-hmm. stories. and Yeah, I think that's nice too to have different friends for different activities. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got your walking friends, then you have your non-walking friends <laughs> like me and the cottage gals that just kind of sit around with the magazines, the coffee, and then the wine. <laughs> um, and then you have your, you have a, a, a book club that's a little different than the book club I'm in. Yours sounds way more exciting. I like my book club, but mm-hmm. yours is just so... Well, the, the book club I, I dropped out of just because I was okay. working too much. I dropped out of that, but it was where we would get together and everybody would bring a book okay. and put it in the middle of the table. Yeah. And then you would select a book and so it wasn't always reading the same. the same. I don't know if they're keeping that same format. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a wine and book club. But I just couldn't make it. And they were avid readers at the time. And oh. I was working so much at that time right. that I just didn't have time to read. I had other things going on. So so I, there was about how many people? Like uh, 10, say? I would say probably, I would say eight people. Okay, so and every not, time they come with a, a different book. So you've got eight books to Oh, wow. Right. And it, I you, love that idea. Yeah, and then you pick through it. So mm-hmm. whoever's turn it was would pick one book, and then you could take that book, or you could take that book and keep it, whatever, because mm-hmm. you know how you end up with all these books. Everybody chooses to read differently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then every time you meet, people would talk about a book that they had read. Right. And you decide, oh. Same questions for everybody, oh, the wow. same format. Okay. And then you'd say, and like, not everyone had read the book, but mm-hmm. the person who brought the book might have read it, so... It was just, would you recommend this book? Mm-hmm. It was more like okay. that. Like more of a book share. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's a cool idea. I like the idea of knowing about other books that other people have enjoyed, yeah. which so, is kind of neat. Yeah, but unfortunately I couldn't stick with that. Uh, but I do have a dinner club that oh. I've been with now for, and it's only um, uh, one of the ladies on our street started it probably... It's been a while, yeah. Five years at least, I oh, would say. Yeah. Yeah, five years at least. And um, it's kind of nice. So there, at the time when she started, it was 12 people, and they had to be on our street. And then um, it was every other month. I think it was whatever mm. day. Okay. And then, so you took turns. So your turn would be once in two years with mm. 12 people. 
right? And That's it was, doable. you could choose whether you wanted to select a chef, a theme, whatever, and you hosted it at your house and you would do the main and then everybody would contribute from something from that chef or whatever the theme was and uh, bring it. So you would end up with appetizers and oh, wow. uh, someone would add an entree or a side dish or desserts. And it, but it all had to be, say, if you picked a certain chef, that chef. Right. And you could pick whatever and then you would just sign up for that. And then COVID hit. So mm. we started doing them online, which wasn't as fun, mm. but yeah. we still did them online. And, you know, we just, everybody would make a dish and we sort of eat it <laughs> online. And then uh, once COVID, once they started opening up things, then we started doing, supporting local restaurants through COVID. Oh, okay. So ordering in from local restaurants. So one time we could all be outside. We couldn't be inside, but we could mm -hmm. all be outside. So everybody went to and picked up something from the local restaurant. So we all had different meals. Everybody came with a different meal, but it was a different restaurant, and right? all that. And then once COVID started up again, um, we decided some people dropped out. We decided that maybe if we want to continue, we'll downsize it a bit to eight because it's easier to sit eight Around people a at table. a dinner table and yeah. not everyone can make it. Yeah. We do it the second Thursday of every month. So that's, you know, it's that Thursday. Right. You plan ahead. And now we're doing it every month. And okay. it's your choice. So um, we've just signed up for like two more years and we've already picked our months and oh, stuff. Wow. And if something comes up, obviously you can't mm -hmm. make it, you switch with somebody else and that. So, and it's your choice if you want to do uh, that kind of a theme or if you want to go out to a restaurant or maybe there's like one girl did a bowling night, like went to the bowling alley mm -hmm. and they had like food and everything there and did bowling just for something. Another girl went to a winery. And we did charcuterie okay. boards and tried the winery, a local winery. So there's all different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Or you can do it at your home and whatever. So I like doing it at the home because then it gets everybody cooking and trying different meals. And yeah, and then you get to pick the theme. Like you've picked, like in yeah. the past, what have you picked? Uh, Certain months the last that... one I did was last uh, November. And mm. the girl who was doing September was going to do, because uh, was app everything apples. Oh, and then okay. it ended up getting canceled for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. I did everything pears in the fall. So everything oh, was pears. So nice. yeah, so I did like, I think I did a chicken and pear main. Mm -hmm. And then like, and then we always have a cocktail. So I made a, a elderflower and pear Prosecco cocktail for everybody oh, to beautiful. have. Everything was pear themed. Right. Right down to the appetizers, the, um, the main, the dessert. So you decided that. And I decided it was called everything pairs, and then I put it nice. out and say, this is my choice. Yeah. You know, everything's paired, uh, pairs, and then, like, I didn't give them a specific chef or anything. It was just everything had to be pairs. So right. like, people came with, like, a salad, which was had pear and, you know, cheese and walnuts and, you know, that nice, kind of thing. Nice. And someone brought, like, pear-wrapped prosciutto, like, prosciutto-wrapped mm. pears and, you know, just different wow. things. And then a really nice upside-down pear cake. Um, and then, yeah, so you, you know, you might end up with two appetizers because there's eight people and then two mm -hmm. sides, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it turns out really nice. And nice. of course I love to like, it's all about visual for me. Yep. So my whole table, table was decked out mm -hmm. in the theme, like I, right from the napkins to the, you know, like I had the pear theme in my head. So it's all pear. So I did the fall colors, the golds and the, you know, mm -hmm. ambers Greens and, all that. and Yeah, exactly. And you always do such a nice table, like. Oh, that's my passion. I love to do it with flowers and. So yeah, talking about passion. So really, 
I mean, because you're retiring from doing something that involves flowers and outdoors. It sort of combines all of your passions, right? Yeah. Outdoors, landscaping, mm -hmm. gardening. Yeah, floral design, because I used to do that. But mm. I sort of got out of that. But I do love to do it. I, I don't necessarily want to get back into doing that because it is very time restricting and it's like if I were to do weddings or functions and stuff like which I love to do oh yeah but it's stressful and it's oh, yeah, time wedding. related and weddings mm -hmm. and not even weddings any type of function yeah an event uh, yeah yeah it's it's high pressure or, yeah right? it's evenings it's very perishable <laughs> evenings weekends that kind of what stuff. what was your favorite event that you've done in the in like the history of your because this would be your floral career floral. right career favorite event I think would be uh the Royal Winter Fair oh wow yeah mm -hmm. doing the jumps a lot of the jumps oh. that was when I worked with Loblaws company so for Galen Weston and that we did all the jumps for the and the theme was Oscars that year oh okay. so everything was red related or no um so each jump like one jump we did was um because it was Oscar, so it had an Oscar movie theme or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we did one jump was uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. We didn't do all the jumps, but we yeah. did a lot. This one guy, Peter, and myself went and did them. And uh, we did one jump was the Hollywood sign. So we had it on the bottom, and we used, like, all flowers to do the word Hollywood, and it was all grass on the bottom. Wow. And then just big arrangements on each side. Breakfast at Tiffany's was a big blue box, and then we did, like, oh, um, wow. like the string of pearls would be hanging down, and it yeah. was all done with balls with white mums so it was like a big string of pearls with okay. the mums we did my fair lady which was the big hat and it was all done in pink and just like the flower like yeah. all used flowers to make the hat for them and everything do they the still do that nowadays i'm not sure i haven't been to the royal winter fair in a long time but yeah. i would imagine you know it's a pretty big deal mm -hmm. for horse jumping and that mm -hmm. big tickets and big prizes mm -hmm. so it was big so how did you come by this passion for flowers how did you get into like, well, when did this start? I think it started when I was very young because my father worked for Sheridan Nurseries for many oh, years okay. and we lived on Sheridan Nursery property. So I was always exposed to flowers. Like we had flower oh, fields okay. beside us, perennial flower fields and that. And oh. my father worked for them. And then my first job was when I was 12, good, 13 that summer, I worked for Sheridan Nurseries. I remember a dollar an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was like child labor. But back then that was a big deal for <laughs> yeah. me. I was only 12 years old. I like, know, I that's good 13. money. And, uh, and I remember working with all these university students that were horticultural people or going oh. to Guelph and different mm -hmm. places, mm -hmm. Niagara parks and stuff, and they were all coming there to work. For these. And I used to think that was such a big deal, like all these older Amazing, people. yeah. yeah. Hanging so out with fun. the university students. Yeah, so I did that for every summer for the longest time. And then, um, then I went and I started working at uh, a nursery, shared in one of their garden centers. And oh, okay, yeah. yeah, one of their garden centers, I took a lot of courses at Guelph and horticulture and all that kind of stuff. And I started working at uh, one of the garden centers and in the wintertime, rather than get laid off because it wasn't as busy, uh, they were starting in the floral business. Like they had okay. a, a gentleman who used to be a florist came to mm -hmm. work for them because he also did horticulture and I trained under him and he trained me how to do floral arrangements and stuff. And he was from Switzerland. Wow. Yep. And he trained me how to do all the flower stuff. And I remember the first time he went away and I was running the flower shop. And I'm, the first phone call I got was for a baby funeral. 
Oh my it was, gosh. I was just devastated. I was like, oh my gosh, how can I do this? Right? Wow. Yeah. I, was a, I just remember it was a baby boy and I remember like the parents oh. coming in and it was just the saddest thing. Oh. And I, I didn't know much, of, like I hadn't studied any of that, but it was just everything on a mini version. And it was near Christmas time, so it was really hard. Like I remember doing like the white poinsettias with blue ribbons and, um, you know, they had the casket. They wanted something in the casket, this little, so I had to call the funeral home, you know, and talk to the people. I needed size, all that kind of stuff. It was just the hardest thing. I thought, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, I can't do this, but. What a way to start your career. And then after that, it just led to events. And then I left that company to another company not even thinking, I thought, there's no way. I went to Loblaws, I'm going to say that, Loblaws. Mm-hmm. They, they called me up and asked mm-hmm. me because of my horticultural background. That's great. And that's how it came. And then I just started, I thought, who is going to go to Loblaws to do wedding flowers or anything? But it was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so accessible too, you know, I yeah. mean. That was back then. They've changed their format a lot now. But yeah. back then, it was they, a big they hired floral designer people from Toronto and put them in the stores and everything. So Oh, so it must yeah. have been good money. Yeah. They must have been making money on it. Yeah. Wow. I mean down at Leslie and Lakeshore, Young and Young Boulevard, they had all kinds of stores and I used like when they called me in for the interview, I was working for Shared Nurseries and I remember I had just become a manager, mm. the first female manager of a garden center and I thought, mm. Oh my gosh and should I leave? You know, and they, they said this is their concept they want to open up and do and should I leave or not? And they said, this is what we'll pay you. And this is, you know, and no Sundays, that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, oh, oh no Sundays. Cause oh, that's right. Working in the Stores nursery. were closed. Yeah. And so. Yeah, the nurseries yeah. were open on Sundays, yeah. but not so the. So they said, okay, well, think about it. Mm-hmm. And I went and talked to my dad because I'd always, you know, yeah. Sheridan's. And here I finally got this job. And it was a big deal. Yeah, you didn't I want to offend anybody. Saying, like, are you okay with this job? Because it's all male managers. Every year we go away. We do these, you know, mm. group meetings and mm-hmm. activities and stuff. Are you okay being an only girl going, you know, mm-hmm. there were a lot of things to consider, mm-hmm. but my big concern was my dad. I didn't want to disappoint mm-hmm. my dad. And he mm-hmm. was all for me. He said, no, he says, mm-hmm. absolutely. I would definitely take this. It sounds more up your alley oh. and that like, so he, he was okay with it. And that was the big, for me, that was, that made the decision mm-hmm. a lot easier because I didn't want to you know, hurt Dis- him yeah. yeah, and disappoint him, Yeah, but he was all for it. So, so you've talked about your dad quite a bit over the years, like, you know, different memories of him. So he was obviously a pretty big part of, yeah, I, I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is not to be fun and witty. Yeah. 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 Where's the witty? Yeah. No, I, I, what I wanted to bring up about him that I found interesting is your story about Christmas time. And okay. who knows, maybe this will be aired at Christmas time. So it'll be a great feel good oh, Christmas yeah. story. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My dad, uh, we didn't, we didn't grow up with a lot, but I mean, we, my dad just, uh, he loved, first of all, he loved kids mm-hmm. and he loved animals. Right. Like two big things. But when we were growing up, of course, he had to work a lot. We didn't see a lot of him yeah. and that. But yeah. Um, yeah. he, um, one year, uh, how the whole story started with the Christmas thing, one year, my dad would always go and buy his Christmas trees at this um, place in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why, because Sheridan Nurseries sold Christmas trees. Yeah. But he would go to this place that would sell them Somewhere at else. an ice cream parlor. 
Oh. I got like it closed down in the winter. Okay. But you know, this Christmas tree guy would come every year and he'd yeah. always go and buy his Christmas tree from them. One day he was there and there was this little girl running around the lot, mm -hmm. um, just gathering up branches off the tree lot. And uh, he picked his tree and, and, he, and he said to the gentleman that ran the place, he says, what's that little girl doing? He goes, oh, well, she comes here and I let her pick up all the branches that we trim off the bottoms because her oh. family um, can't afford a tree. Okay. And um, I just let her in it. And then, so my dad at the time went over and talked to the little girl and she says, oh yeah, we, we get a broomstick oh. and we tie the branches on too. And that's, that's our, our Christmas tree. tree. Oh, wow. So my, my dad... He, he couldn't believe that, so he mm -hmm. said, he goes to the little girl, he told her to go pick whatever tree she wanted. Oh. So she went and picked it, she goes, really? And I mean, that back in the days where, I mean, well, you know, like yeah, you do that now, always... people are like, no, okay, but I mean, an older gentleman talking to a little girl who's by herself in a Christmas tree lot. Yeah, yeah. And so she did, and, um, and then my dad said he'd deliver it, so he delivered it to her house, and, he's, and he, uh, he did that every year. For years and years, and then one year he forgot. Oh. And we had gone to church in Toronto. We had gone to church, and we'd come home, and uh, they had been calling and calling, and the phone was ringing when we got home. Hmm. We had no answering machine at the time. Sure. And it was them saying, "Did you forget about us?" Oh. And my dad felt so bad. And my brother and I were quite young at the time, and he said yeah. to me. My dad said to me, and we had a couple of trees in pots outside on the porch. And my dad said, go get the tree and everything. We unplugged the tree. The lights were still on it. And we put it at the back of the truck and my dad let us come along. Oh. And we went. And I can, I'll never forget walking in their house and the look on their faces when we walked in with this tree and plugged it in because it had lights on it. Yeah, and this is Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. You know, so yeah. these people didn't have presents they had mm -hmm. lots of kids mm -hmm. but it was just and forever after that I'll never forget that and Christmas all of a sudden that meant like here we always had presents and everything mm -hmm. galore mm -hmm. and all that and it didn't matter anymore and it stuck with me forever and ever so I've mm -hmm. always been a big Christmas person mm -hmm. and everybody thinks it's about it's not about the presents for me it's about mm -hmm. being together with family and mm -hmm. doing what you can for other people mm -hmm. because there's so many people that don't have it mm -hmm. and I saw that from that Christmas, from that, yeah. yeah. Like and then the house, you know, the kids, I don't know how many kids to a room. I mean, we didn't have, we, you know, we didn't have a lot either, but. Right. But there's know. always someone worse off than you, oh, I guess, yeah. is the lesson there, right? Exactly. I think your dad knew what he was doing, right? To invite you along so that you can see this right. visual. Mm -hmm. And like you say, it stuck with you all these years. Yeah. And every year I try, like. To, you know everybody's oh I want this and this and I want that and all that and I'm thinking oh my gosh you know the money we're spending mm -hmm. usually you're gonna go get it yourself anyways mm -hmm. so I try to donate to different charities and I've tried to where we live I've tried to sign up for and fortunately I guess in a way and good way every year to um, sponsor a family for Christmas whether it's mm -hmm. you bring their meal you deliver presents to the kids whatever Christmas tree mm -hmm. you can sponsor a whole family but every year it's they're taken like people mm -hmm. sign up in advance so yeah, it's amazing I mean, in a way that's good mm -hmm. so yeah I mean because it's something that we all have to think about right giving not always thinking about receiving great lesson for your daughter too and and for you to have grown up knowing that and I yeah. think that really 
sticks with you because you're a very thoughtful person, very, very giving, um, more than a lot of people. Oh, thank you, but I don't, yeah. You know, always, always kind, always thinking about other people. And I always thought your love of Christmas, because I know you are a Christmas fan, (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it was sort of from your background because, um, you know, your Scandinavian background. Because Christmas seems to be a big deal. There's a lot of different traditions, right? That Mm -hmm. come from... I mean, I only know that because I've watched a couple of shows on Netflix. So in Denmark and... Sweden and that, they all... Like Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. We don't... Christmas Mm -hmm. Day is nothing, really. Mm -hmm. It's all about Christmas Eve and the whole bit like that. Yeah, there's a lot of traditions because my Mm -hmm. mom, you know, from Sweden and my dad was from Denmark. So Mm -hmm. we always had the traditional... Scandinavian Christmas, more or less, mm-hmm. and that. So. so you have certain traditions that we wouldn't normally. Do you, have you, and you keep that going. You kept that going when you tried to keep family. it going. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the benefit. A lot of the big benefits was, you know, being married, having the husband. So we never interfered on each other's Christmas. Mm-hmm. We could do Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. my side of the family, Christmas Day, and it would mm-hmm. never interfere. My parents would not be upset if we were gone. Oh, okay. I yeah, do remember true. one year, um, when I was first married, uh, my husband's family, for whatever reason that year, decided to do a Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. And, um, my dad was beside himself. He didn't say anything. I went, and then my brother came and picked me up the next day, first thing in the morning, like at 6 o'clock, and I can remember being at my house by 8 o'clock, my parents' house at 8 o'clock, because my dad was, my brother said, was miserable, because it was just the three of them. Yes, yeah. And that, and they weren't used to that. Yeah. And I always said, that's why I said, never again will I do that. Yeah, yeah, because it's so important to him. And what would a typical Christmas Eve... I didn't know that Christmas Eve was a thing in Scandinavia. Like, that was the day. So what would a typical Christmas Eve be about? It would be... Well, it would be about church. Mm-hmm. You would go to church if you could. and Like a Lutheran church. Yeah, a Lutheran mm-hmm. church would more or less would be that mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. denomination and that. And candlelight service back mm, then. Actual candlelight nice. service. Yeah. And then we would have um, our... Christmas dinner would consist of we would the Danish we would do the Danish version which would be like a pork roast, um, browned potatoes which would be like in a brown um, mm. like in sugar like mm-hmm. browned mm-hmm. the little canned boiled potatoes but they'd be in like sugar thing, and just vegetables and stuff like that and, um, and sausages around the roast, potatoes gravy, dessert was a big thing which was a rice pudding, mm-hmm. and then we would hide a blanched almond inside the middle of it and it would be covered in a cherry sauce or a strawberry hot ch- sauce oh, no so way. it was like rice pudding with like whipped cream and stuff it wasn't your typical oh, okay. little rice pudding it would yeah, have whipped yeah. cream and almond flavored in it and then mm-hmm. and then whoever got the blanched almond was wins a small prize oh, or whatever so yeah, people yeah. would eat and eat and eat and if you found <laughs> it most people clued in not going to tell somebody so people keep eating until the bowl's all oh, empty. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't say, yeah. I have so it. So it could just be a simple, it could be a candle, it could be just yeah. something simple, yeah. you know. But then nice, as nice. we got older, then it was more, you'd sort of, you'd buy a couple of little presents because if the younger kids won, yeah. then they'd get something or, you know, right. if the adult won, or you put two in and we'd have a bowl at each end of the table and that's your bowl down there and that's oh, your okay. bowl. So, yeah. yeah, just traditions like that. So we would either go to a mass earlier in the day, like a, a service earlier in the day, or because we were 
members at a church that was far away from her home, mm-hmm. the Danish church, and uh, we wouldn't go to the later mass. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then we would open up. We would open up our presents, and first we would sing. We would dance and sing around the Christmas tree. So we would dance around the Christmas tree. Holding oh. hands, like just go around. So your tree's not in a corner like mine was? Well, it usually was, but we'd have to pull Move it out. Move it out to dance yeah. around. Yeah, because you want to trip over that cord. That's right. So that would be taped onto the floor. And okay. Everybody would say, watch first. it. And everybody would mm-hmm. stop. Watch the thing. Watch the thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> knock over the tree. Don't knock over the Did tree. it ever fall over any ears <laughs> dancing? Not from the dancing, no. <laughs> the dog or the cat might have knocked it over. So what are you singing? Uh, Christmas carols, yeah. Like my parents would do, oh. like my mom... I am not a very good singer. My mom would sing one in Swedish, and then we'd do oh. one in Danish, and then it would be like a traditional Christmas carol, and then uh, we mm. would just do like Silent Night. We all got to pick one. Okay. So we just do that. So we'd maybe do five or six oh, songs. Nice, And then it was nice. like, okay. And then it would be open Christmas presents. Mm. And then that would sort of be... And then my mom would bring out like a platter of cookies or different mm. things. Yeah. So in what language are you guys speaking? Well, probably English most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I grew up, my, my, my mom tried to teach me Swedish. I couldn't, I couldn't pick it up for whatever reason, but mm. I did pick up Danish. And my mom could speak Danish as well. So, mm. yeah, my brother didn't pick it up as well as I did or didn't care to, one or the other. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can't speak it fluently, but I could, I could certainly understand. If like, you if were I in Denmark. To, if I was in Denmark, mm-hmm. I could definitely mm-hmm. get by, no problem. Mm-hmm. And I understand when people are talking, like I can listen to an entire conversation. Swedish, I just, it's too, it's, I don't know. It seems a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just Finnish, Swedish, and Norwegian are really, for me, Finnish very too, hard. Yeah. I'd love to be able to speak Swedish, but I just mm-hmm. couldn't. My mm-hmm. mom tried and tried. So then Danish was just an easier way to go. And that way my dad was able to mm-hmm. communicate as well. So. And have you been back? To Denmark or Sweden? Um, I the last time I was there was probably twenty. Oh my gosh, twenty, almost twenty-four years ago. Oh wow! I know it's been a long time. Um, and when we would go, it would always be to see family and friends. I mean, yeah. I'd love to. We don't have a lot of family left over there, but mm-hmm. I'd love to go back and do it, but do it mm-hmm. more as a tourist. Mm-hmm. You know, people would take us to places, mm-hmm. but it was more a visit with family and yeah. going around and visiting for coffee here and lunch there yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't as much. It wasn't Yeah, it's not relaxing necessarily. No. You're visiting everybody. Yeah. Yes. Well when you go back, you're taking me That's right. We're gonna do a Scandinavian <laughs> I'm excited Norway, to go. Sweden. Yeah. I really am. I have to really plan it out because there's so many places to see, but mm-hmm. you don't wanna, you know, I mean it is three countries and they are nice and close, which mm-hmm. is nice and they're mm-hmm. not huge countries. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a little easier to do. I think I think there's something about the Scandinavian lifestyle too that is interesting to everybody here. Maybe we don't know a lot about it. And I think it's kind of cool to share the cultures. Remember you had that Huga weekend? Mm-hmm. And that's Swedish or what is that? Yeah, Swedish-Danish. Like they, they practice it. But I think the Danes are more um, that Huga lifestyle. Like I have a half-sister that lived in Denmark. And... When she would come and visit us here, she just couldn't believe how hectic our lives were. Like it was like we couldn't stop. Like back in the day, their mm-hmm. stores would close at two mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon, or at noon on Fridays. Hardly ever open on weekends. Mm-hmm. And everything's changed now. But mm-hmm. I mean, their their lifestyle is more 
uh, about nature, grounding yourself to nature and activities and different things, mm -hmm. not the pace that we run at here. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and and what is the definition of huga? It is being slowing down. Slowing it is down. nature. Simplistic. Is it also about um, people, like? relationships or I think to some degree but they like yeah it's it's, it's making it uh, it's cozy the word I guess the best word to describe it is cozy or um, whatever that means to you yeah right? exactly mm. you know very simple but mm -hmm. um, a quiet time whether you know it be candles at night or reading a book or getting together with your friends or mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be so many things. Like the weekend I we had together, we did a lot of different mm -hmm. activities. That was which so were fun. more slowed down. Yeah, what did we do? We did we we each had to provide some sort of activity, wasn't That's that right. it? Yeah. I suggested journaling. Right. So we did journaling. I, I think there was other people that did like a meditation. One did a meditation mm -hmm. and the other said, you know, for half an hour we're all just gonna go off on our own and read. Mm-hmm whatever book magazine it could be whatever it just quiet time it was a very quiet mm -hmm. weekend but we did a lot yeah and i made you made that um what's it called glog no yeah 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 like, yeah like a so, mulled wine yeah yeah which, which was they, nice yeah and they were big on candles and mm -hmm. just very fireside. simple yeah fireside cozy warm socks tea mm -hmm. that kind of thing mm -hmm. sounds so nice yeah and it, I think it turned out that was a it turned out nice that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was different. It was yeah. calm. It was relaxing. There was less chatter. Um, it was a little more reflective. Yeah, I think that was good. Why don't we do that again? We've done it once. We, well, we tried not too long <laughs> ago. So, it didn't quite work out. It's so hard to get everybody together and yeah. to get everybody to shut up. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we could probably... And the problem, too, I think what happens is you don't see each other for a while, even though you keep in contact. When yes. you get together, then there's all these Catch conversations mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, things happen. And mm -hmm. you really have to be structured in order to go yeah. through with it. And that's... Huga is totally opposite of that because you don't want to be, okay, you guys, like, let's come on, do let's this. do this and yeah. get on it, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. But... Um, and yeah. that was in the winter time too, and I think that helps a lot for yeah. that kind of a hookah thing. Yeah, that cozy yeah. evening, cold. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should all incorporate that into our lives. I think that was good for mental health too. Yeah. I think it was great. So, Brenda, as we come to the end of our podcast, you know what question is coming. I always like to ask um, my guests if you look at your life and you had to answer the question, why are you here? What would you say to that? Uh, you specifically if you would have asked me years ago I probably couldn't have answered this mm -hmm. you know other than of course you asked me to be here today but mm -hmm. I know that's not what you mean um, I think there's a definite reason why I'm here and I'm going to work on that now in my semi-retirement mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. really I am drawn to animals I mean I'd love to help people I totally get that but I'm mm -hmm. still drawn to animals so in some way or form I'm going to be there and do something related to animals. And I think mm -hmm. I'm here to help in some way, mm -hmm. um, whatever way I can. You You've know. been doing that all along, but yeah, you continue. Yeah, I, I just think now I'm hoping that I can focus more on it mm -hmm. because it's really what I wanted to do. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it I know you it's joy. going to, yeah, and I know it's going to involve animals. I do love the flowers and everything like that. And mm -hmm. I can, that's easy enough to pick up here and there and mm -hmm. do stuff. But mm -hmm. I said, you know, whether it be animals, especially now after COVID, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many animals and different things that need it. Of course, people too. Mm-hmm. There's lots of mm-hmm. people that need help. So I think mm-hmm. that's, I think I'm here in some way to help. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I can do it in a large scale, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I can do mm-hmm. to help. Nice. Well, Brenda, thank you for your honesty and your authenticity. It was great having you. Thank you for inviting me to your repartee.